0: What worries you the most reveals where you trust God the least. What worries you the most reveals where you trust God the least. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. I'm so glad that you're here as we continue our series, Grow Up. Have you enjoyed this series so far? Grateful for the word of God. Our heart is that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus, that you would become stronger in your faith. And so to do that, you have to pay attention to the spiritual disciplines in your life, right? That's why we started, talking about prayer last week, fasting, getting more hungry for the Lord. Please come back next Sunday. We're going to talk about how to effectively read and study the Word of God. But today, the spiritual discipline is taking every thought into complete captivity of Jesus. That's scriptural. So how do we do that? How do we become emotionally healthy? How do we overcome worry? How do we become healthy? Jesus says that the greatest command in the Bible is what? To love God, right? With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, love your neighbor as who? Yourself. Yourself. We tend to neglect the last part, to love yourself. Not to idolize yourself, but to take care of yourself, to to be healthy, so important. And it's impossible to grow spiritually if you're emotionally unhealthy, if you're constantly struggling with anxiety, worry, and depression. Some of you right now, you're worried about something. So much so that you're having a hard time focusing right now. You can't even listen to this message because of what is bothering you. I want to encourage you to take out the index card that was handed to you when you walked in. And I want you to bring to the surface. What are the one to three things that are really bothering you right now? That cause you to worry? What are the chief concerns on your heart? And just write them out. What is that weight that just feels like it you just can't shake? It's a burden, someone you love, something you care about, something you want to change, but you can't figure out how. It's this never-ending wait. Something's always present with you. I promise you, you're not alone. You're not alone. For me, I, I have a tendency to be concerned about people a lot. My kids, our staff, you, when I hear that you have a a situation come up in your life and we pray about it we just take things so deeply that I can become too concerned. So what about you? What is it that, that problem in your life? Maybe it's a sin issue. Health issue. Taking care of your parents one day. A secret sin. Maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe it's war, a global issue or racism and you're just bothered by it. Maybe it's the future. The unknown, a big decision that you need to make, a past hurt, something that maybe directly because of abuse or hurt, maybe it's indirectly. What is it that's bothering you? And just write that down. Anxiety is one of the biggest health issues in our world today. It's almost become like it's part of our culture. The World Health Organization says that Americans have a bigger problem with this issue than any other country in the world. Can you imagine that? Like the most affluent society is the most worry-filled society in all of the world. It's poisoning our peace, robbing us of our joy, and stunting spiritual growth. Look at me for a second. What you just wrote down on this card is in a lot of ways is become a lid, a ceiling that's preventing you from growing spiritually and fulfilling your divine purpose that God gives in your life. It's preventing you from loving Jesus, loving others and loving yourself. And I believe by faith that once we get in the presence of God and we discover the words of Christ and we put them into action, it's gonna be a lid that's gonna be removed some of you are going to have a breakthrough moment. Others, you it's going to be a faith moment that's going to start your path of healing, renewal, recovery, and freedom in Jesus' name. But can we be praying? Can we be people of a faith to believe that God's word is alive, that we're in the presence of the Lord, and through Jesus we can have victory? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And but the reality is that many of Barna research says that over sixty percent of adults struggle with worry because of daily stress and it's not just adults if you have high school or college age students or you are a student the latest research says that 91 percent of that generation of students of our youth are struggling with worry on a daily basis that's why we're talking about it Cause it's hitting the home and it's real and you struggle with it and you've got friends who are struggling with it and it's because of that our our hearts are filled with compassion and love there was a time that i didn't have a lot of understanding or empathy with people who struggled with emotional issues but five years ago i went through my dark night of the soul and it started with some symptoms and in three months i hit rock bottom and it affected me physically Spiritually, emotionally, I couldn't see the light. And it took about nine more months for me to receive the healing victory. And I'm on the other side. And now I'm more healthy physically, spiritually, emotionally when, than when I was five years younger. But I'm here to tell you I understand what you're going through. I have greater empathy, compassion, and love for you. And I have faith and I believe that you can overcome and you can grow because you don't have to lose heart. And and so you're going to learn some things to put into practice from God's word. And then there's just going to be some very practical things that you can do because there's some things you're, for example, you're with people who are discouraged and Debbie Downers. And if, if you stay with that group of people and you're with them a lot, eventually you're going to become like that. So you need to check your relationships Some of you are very practically your phone. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how it can be a a tool for good. But man, I I don't know if God, when he created us, designed us to be able to process mentally all the news that we can uh, read on the news and and see videos and pictures of tragic things happening all over the world And, and even on social media with people that we know. Or we see things on social media, we see pictures and we compare ourselves, or it tempts us to become envious or jealous or even be filled with lust, where the phone just can keep us because the average screen time is five hours a day, can keep us from being present, right? Like, Stephanie and I went on a, a date this past week. We were at a restaurant and we watched a, a family of four come in. They sat around the table. They sat down, and they all took out their media devices. The daughter had a big iPad, immediately put the the AirPods AirPods into their ears, and they didn't even talk to each other. They were just glued to their their screens, and the Lord just like spoke to me. you got to talk about it. we got to have boundaries in place and be aware that this is not good. It's robbing us from community and being present in conversation with people that will help us emotionally, amen? This is important. These are practical things. But let's go to the word of God. Because when we tend to worry, we experience worry in the mind. Right? We rehearse negative thoughts, worst case scenarios, and we just rehearse them. It's like a, a record that goes around and around and around. And Jesus tells us we don't have to worry. When he is on the throne, we can trust him. But I want to show you in Matthew 6, when Jesus tells us multiple times not to worry, there are five big topics that he addressed in the first century, and many of those we can apply today that we worry about. These are the big five things. First is finances. Jesus says don't worry about your money. Second, he says your food. Don't freak out about food. Don't worry about your fitness or your health. Don't worry about fashion. And don't worry about your future. Finances, food, fitness, fashion, and the future. Let's discover it. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, what does he say? Do not worry. Do not worry. Look at someone you're sitting next to, and look him in the eye, and say, Do not worry. And the verse right before, in verse 24, he says, You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. So what is he saying? Essentially, he's saying, don't worry about your finances. You cannot love both God and, some translations say mammon. It's like a spirit of so focused and obsessed with resources, finances, possessions, stuff, and you can't have both in your life. You can't have multiple gods. You can't have multiple idols. God only do we love with all. Everything else has got to take a distant second at best. And Jesus is saying you're so focused about money. And then he says in verse 25, he says it again. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink, there's food. He says, or about your body, there's fitness. Or about what you'll wear, there's fashion. There's fashion. So Jesus starts, he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, your food. In the first century, a lot of people were poor. And so they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from. Because of a scarcity mentality, they they were worried about not eating enough, not having enough food for their children. But it's different for us. We worry about food, but it's for a different reason, right? Sometimes we worry about eating too much. Or we worry about where we're going to eat, right? Some of those who walk in sin and darkness want to eat it in and out. Those who are godly want to eat at Whataburger. And so there's, con- there's conflict, right? But it's different. So Jesus says, let's not obsess. Listen to me. He says, don't obsess with temporary. What, is, what just lasts a, a small slice of your time compared to eternity? He says, don't focus over temporal, but be focused on eternal. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. What about your body? It's, your body is important. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. But don't obsess about it. Don't be so consumed, good or bad. Even the Apostle Paul told Timothy, physical exercise is good, but it profits little compared to your soul, which is eternal, right? Abiding with the Lord and understanding why souls are so important. He says, don't worry so much about what you're going to wear. A lot of us are consumed about. How we look, how we represent ourselves in person, our our hair, or can I just tell you, like it is so freeing not to have to worry about your hair and wash and style in it. Like it is so free. Some of you just need to join the revolution, shave it off. <laughs> God says, I know the numbers of your hair or the lack thereof. Right? He sees it, he knows it. But hey, but we get so. Obsessed with how we appear, what kind of clothes we have, what kind of shoes, and we gotta have everything there so we get consumed with buying and it never-ending and how we look on social media and we're obsessed. I promise you, if you spend as much time thinking about God as you do thinking about what you're gonna look like, you're gonna be a lot more emotionally healthy. And Jesus says, Don't worry about those things, don't worry. He says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. He says, don't obsess about the future. Don't freak out about things you can't control. Don't freak out if you have the right major or what that next job is going to be or who you're going to marry. Like, very practically, Jesus says, do not worry. And then he shows us, good news, he shows us how not to worry. How many of you are excited and you want to know how not to worry? All right? Well, there's hope. The Bible's very clear. Jesus says in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus is showing us that God loves you more than he loves the birds. His eyes on the sparrow, he's providing for but he loves you more. And he's illustrating through a bird's life a big difference between concern and worry. Concern acknowledges that there is a problem, but does something about it, right? It's like, okay, I'm not right with God. The Holy Spirit's convicted me of my sin. I'm not going to just keep it in secret. I'm not going to return to it like a dog returns to his vomit and abuse grace and just say it's always going to be. But rather, I'm going to confess to Jesus. I'm going to repent of it. And I'm going to confess to someone else. I'm going to bring it to the light. There's going to be accountability. I'm going to experience God's forgiveness and grace. And I'm going to walk in purity before the Lord. I, I may say I'm not going to be isolated. I'm going I'm to belong to a small group. That's important. That's doing something about it. For those of you who are struggling in your marriage and you're just missing each other's expectations and you're not communicating well, it's like, I'm going to be vulnerable. We're going to ask for help. You know, like, guys, some of you don't want to do it, but it's saying, hey, I'm concerned. I believe in this. It takes two. Let's get some help. Let's go to reengage on Tuesday nights at GFC. Let's walk that path of healing and get healthier. That's concern. Worry is seeing what's bad and not doing anything about it it's doing without doing it's worst case scenario and it's just uh, it's seeing the symptoms and then googling it and then just giving up and knowing that you got a death sentence right like that's what worry is it's consumed with it and it's just like giving up where there's no hope and it's just like being so obsessed with the worst case, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And Jesus says, don't do it. He says, can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It's like, you're just not adding value by worrying. It doesn't change anything. And then he says, look at the bird. Like, we, can, we read over it and go, okay, that's cute, a bird. But think, Jesus like, look at the bird. Do you see the bird worrying? The bird. Like, he gets hungry, like us. And he flies around, right? Tweet, 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 tweet. Bird's hungry. Bird sees a worm. And so he goes down and he takes the delicious worm and eats the worm. The little bird's belly's full. He's content and he flies around. Tweet, 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 tweet. Like, see something wrong with the nest. I'm going to go get the, go get a little twig, a little leaf. Tweet, tweet, go back into the nest and... He just he's everything he okay. okay jesus says, look at the bird you know what we don't see with the bird you never see a bird at two o'clock in the morning worrying if there's going to be a worm shortage in the world uh, yeah. right you never see it chirp 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 i'm nervous you don't see the little bird pacing in the nest rubbing its little wings it's not and jesus is saying look at the bird people it's not worried, you, I've mad, you matter so much more than a bird. Would you just trust me? I'll provide for you. I love you. You're not alone. And so there's so much truth that we can, yes, have concern. Yes, worrying and anxiety can initially be a human, natural human response. But it's not okay for you to stay there, to keep going down that path of depression and hopelessness. I like put your trust in the Lord. That's the desire of his heart. And he says, will you do that? Like, God, if you don't, if you continue to worry, you're essentially saying, God, I do not trust you. It's a trust issue. I don't trust that you're going to provide. I don't trust that you've got this. I don't trust that you're good. I don't trust in your righteousness. That's what you're saying when you continually worry over and over. And so what you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least. So what is it that you worry about the most? Is it your child, your parents, job, finances, that you're never going to be good enough? What is it that's concerning you? And you take it and you bring it to the surface and you say, God, I trust you with this. I bring it to the surface, and I say, God, I surrender to you. He's done his part, and then here's your part. He says in verse, look at verse 33. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so the question I've got to ask you, especially if you're struggling with worry, is God first? Are you putting him first? In this area of your life. Because when you seek God's kingdom, when you seek his righteousness, when you seek his goodness, and you seek his presence, and you're just, I just got to be at the feet of Jesus. I just got to be in the house of worship. I got to experience God's community small. I got to abide with him. Like, think about your first part of your day when you wake up or when you go to bed at night. What are you thinking about? Where does your mind drift to? Do you reach for the phone? Do you start planning your day? Do you make Jesus stand in line to other things in your life that are causing great concern? But if you say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to control the outcome of these things, but I'm going to run to the feet of Jesus. The very first part of my day, I'm going to get my Bible open. Before I even get a meal, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, and I'm going to open up God's Word, and I'm going to listen to God's Word. I'm going to read three chapters in in the Bible, and I'm gonna be thankful for the blessings I have, and I'm gonna let my request be known to the Lord, and I'm gonna pray. And the Bible's very clear: don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication. And if you do this, the promise is that God's peace will guard your heart and mind. You stand by faith every day, consistently. When I was going through that difficult time. By faith, I had to get outside and take prayer walks in nature, let the sun hit my skin. I had to eat nutritionally. I had to be in community and accountability and talk about it. I had to get some therapy. I never did that before, but I did it. I saw the value and it helped me. But little by little, that transformation, that renewal of of mind did its course, and I found breakthrough in healing through these things. But ultimately, you've got to go to God first more than anything else, before a counselor, before self-help, but anything, you go run to Jesus, run to the feet of Jesus, consistently. Are you concerned about finances? Is God first? He's, provi- He's the provider. He owns it all. Are you returning the first part of the tithe, the 10%? When you do that, you're saying, God, man, I've got some concerns, but I'm trusting you out of my uh, a loving heart of obedience. And God sees these moments, and he blesses, and he takes care of the rest over in your relationships are you walking in purity some of you are struggling in your relationships uh, and you're even dating but you're not walking in purity and you're not receiving god's blessings and so there's, there's conflict there and there's problems there's not peace there because of that put god first in your relationships and here's the good news here's the promise jesus says, if you seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness what's the rest what has god promised to do All these things, all those things will be, he's going to take care of everything else in his timing. You can't say, hey, this is conditional on my timing the way I expect it to turn out, but you trust the Lord that in his timing that he will provide a way out, that he will take care of it no matter what. And so we take it and we say, God, your word says to cast all your cares to you and you care for us. God loves you, so you take your anxiety, you take that pain, you you take whatever caused you to weep and to become, just like question whether you should live, and you bring it to the foot of the cross, and you leave it there, and you don't keep taking it back up, and you don't keep putting it on your shoulders, and but you trust, and you give it to the Lord, and here's the reality. When you do that, there's gonna be one of three outcomes. Some of you, it's just the unknown that drives you crazy, but there's gonna be one of three outcomes. The first thing that could happen, and most likely will happen, is absolutely nothing. You're thinking worst case, and it's not gonna happen. There was a study done at Penn State University, and they surveyed thousands of young people on what was stressing them out on a daily basis, and found that 91% Of what was causing them to worry never ever happened but what does happen is your peace gets robbed because you worry about it so much so number one it's probably never going to happen the second outcome is that something will happen but most likely it won't be nearly as bad as what you feared some of you got a physical symptom and you've gone to google you're just horrified, right? You've got cancer, you're gonna die. All those like, and and it's not doing you any good. Don't do that, that's ridiculous. Some of you were so worried about a presentation and you thought you bombed it. But others were like, it's not that bad, but we always think it's worse, right? Some of you, you like someone so much and they don't like you that way. And you think your life is over right can i tell you the good news is two or three years from now when god brings that special little lady into your life or that man of god you've waited and trusted the lord i promise you that that feeling of rejection and that fear that you're going to be lonely it never will be that bad is what you think right now all right i promise you but there's a third outcome That can happen that it could happen that it could happen but if it happens know that god will carry you through it you are not alone god loves you he says that even in your weakness that my grace is going to be enough if you go to him first he's going to give you peace strength he'll walk the people that i know and even from personal experience when you hit that storm and hit that rock bottom that you sense God's presence the most. You can know God more during that time and what he does in you during that time in your character through humility and brokenness and drawing close to the Lord. It's such an intimate time, isn't it? Isn't it, Cynthia? Like you can look back and go, he was there. You didn't give up. That, that God does something special in your heart. You don't see him. You don't see the purpose in that pain, but know it doesn't go wasted that in times, The Lord starts to bring people in your path and you remember, you're like, I I was there, I remember it. And you can give God glory and you can have greater compassion that your greatest trial will become your greatest testimony for the glory of God. There's purpose in that. Don't freak out, don't quit. Don't give yourself over to hopelessness. There is hope in Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus, amen?